Welcome, everybody, to the start of Season 3 of Dead Talk Live. I want to welcome all of our viewers, all of our moderators. Thank you for joining me tonight. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us at deadtalklive.com. If you want to be a part of our live audience, you can catch us simultaneously on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter every night starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, to be more accurately, not every night, Monday through Friday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope everyone is doing well. I uh, hope everyone had a great weekend. We are going to be breaking down Fear the Walking Dead. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. I mean, damn. Wow. I uh, did not see that coming, guys. I, I did. I, I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I did not see that coming. Last week, I played the uh, opening minutes to this episode that aired last night where we saw John Dory uh, giving up. Uh, he was going to kill himself. And I'm like, they're not going to kill himself. I mean, no, no, it's not going to happen. And of course, in the opening minutes, it didn't happen. You know, so, you know, and I watched the episode of Saturday night. Yeah, it took me a while. It's it was it's been available. I have AMC plus it's been available for me for a week, but I did not get a chance to watch it till uh, two nights ago. And I started watching it like at 4 a.m. in the morning uh, got all settled in, nice, turned off all the lights, was enjoying a great episode. And we're, we're going to get to that scene with the zombie stuck under the car. I got to give props to the director, Michael Satrazimus, and to the VFX people. You know, the video effects people who put that together. You know, you got to love The Walking Dead. Uh, where else are you going to see a car getting stuck? Uh, you know, with a zombie under its tire. And, you know, Dakota pumping that gas and shredding that poor zombie. I felt bad for the zombie. I'm like, come on, guys. Somebody kill it. Put it out of its misery. You guys are just, you know, shredding it to pieces. I was like, oh, my God. But what an amazing episode. We lost John Dory. That's right. We lost John Dory at the end of the episode by none other than Dakota. Zoe Coletti. And I want to start off by saying fantastic performances by everybody who was in this episode. Uh, particularly front and foremost, Garrett Dillahunt. This was his last episode on Fear the Walking Dead. He's an amazing actor. He did a fantastic job. Lenny James, amazing as usual. Zoe Coletti, Dakota, fantastic. This was the first real episode where she was front and center with all the with the other two characters. Uh, and she did fantastic. I sent um, Zoe a message, you know, congratulating her on a fantastic job she did. All of them. There were there was a it was a great 
character storytelling episode. And a lot of ironies in that episode where it's Morgan trying to talk someone else to not give up. Where we have seen Morgan so many times in the past, whether it be in The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead, uh, completely losing it, having given up, uh, being a mad killer. And now in this episode, everything was reversed. It was Morgan trying to give John the, the will to live and to fight. And Dakota takes him out. And I said when we first met Dakota uh, that I'm not 100% sold that on her intentions i was not right but i wasn't completely wrong either she is being completely honest that she wants to get away from her sister that is not even in doubt anymore she wants to get away from virginia and of course she's going to go with morgan and her group as long as they uh, successfully lead her away from her evil sister. But what we saw yesterday is that she will do whatever it takes in killing Cameron. It was not Virginia that killed Cameron. It was Dakota. And it was Virginia covering up for her sister. Uh, and she killed John because she saw... John had figured out that she was the one that murdered Cameron. She did not believe that he would be able to just let that go. And uh, she shot him. So now we have two actresses on Fear the Walking Dead that killed off major stars. Two young actresses in uh, Charlie killing off Nick. And now Dakota killing off uh, John Dory. It's becoming a trend. It's becoming a trend on this show. Uh, but I was just, I was just amazed. I never, I mean, I spoke about it in great length in that whole Cameron death episode. I had no doubt in my mind. And even you guys, as we were discussing it live on Death Talk Live on the, on the air. We all agreed Virginia killed him to set up Janice to get her out of the way. It was it was clear cut. There was no doubt about it. And talk about a plot twist that they threw in there yesterday in that it was not Virginia that killed Cameron. It was Dakota. Virginia, even though it's not confirmed, probably found out, covered up for her sister, set up Janice to take the blame. To protect her sister. Protect her from what? I don't know. Since Virginia runs the place anyways. Uh, she, you know. We're, Dakota was not going to be in any real trouble. But. You know. Virginia saw it as an opportunity. To uh, use what Dakota did. To take out Janice. Let Janice take the fall. And we saw how uh, Virginia took out Janice in a very cruel way by tying her up to that tree with a loud radio blasting over her head so the walkers could come and tear her apart in the middle of the night. 
But just a, a whole bunch of bl plot twists last night. An amazing episode. Again, hats off to the director, the producers. Michael Satrazimus did an amazing job directing that episode. I sent him a big congratulations after I watched it. He was very proud of that episode, as he should be. It was an amazing job. All three actors, Lenny, Garrett, Zoe, were fantastic. Just a brilliant episode from start to finish. And the ending where John washes up on the cabin. And of course, it had to be June that finds him. And he had turned uh, to a walker by that point. And it's June that has to put him down. Uh, heartbreaking. Just absolutely heartbreaking. I uh, want to see what uh, you guys are saying in the chats. Uh, of course, I want to welcome all of our viewers, Tina, Colette. Uh, all of our regulars are here, uh, plus a lot of new faces are joining us. Welcome to Zoe on Twitter, who is also with us. I'm just scrolling up. Uh, let's just see what you guys are saying. CC writes, damn, John Dory. Uh, like I said, I'm just scrolling down. What's that going to do to Morgan in June? And uh, I'm going to, you know, it's been said a lot of times from the production team on The Walking Dead. In the entire Walking Dead universe, characters die to propel other characters. That's why Glenn and Abraham were killed off. And it goes back to the start of the show over 11 years ago. Uh, major characters die so other characters' story arcs can be propelled. There has to be a reason for the surviving characters to do what they're going to end up doing. And it's the, the case, more than not, is the death of a, of a loved one. And this is going to affect a lot of characters. And particularly, of course, June. She's front and center as the character who's going to be most affected by John's death. Remember, the last we really saw of June, she decided to stick with Virginia because Virginia caved in and was going to build her a, a hospital. And that's what made uh, June, you know, all of a sudden become optimistic and yeah you know john let's stay with virginia she's promised to build me that hospital i can help so many more people john could not do it he ran away he went to his cabin this is going to change june how i'm not entirely sure yet morgan now morgan has been dealing with loss since the start of the zombie apocalypse when he lost his wife then eventually he lost his son, Dwayne. What is this? How is this going to affect Morgan? We saw in last night's episode, Morgan called John Dory his best friend. And I believe him. He wasn't just saying that to cheer him up, make him feel better, get his mind away from trying to kill himself. Uh, and John was pretty dead set. He's like, there was nothing changing his mind. He was going to drive them up to the dam, and he was dead set on coming back and killing himself. But when he got shot by Dakota, 
That look on his face, man, it said it all. It said it all right there and then. Want to welcome Emmy, who's joining us on uh, Facebook. Uh, Philip writes, fear was good this last Sunday night. That's an understatement. Uh, Zoe writes, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to Dakota. I don't, you know, I blame Dakota for John's death the same way I blame Charlie for Nick's death. I don't think Dakota wanted to kill John. She was afraid. You could tell by the look on her face. She was afraid. She was afraid that now that John had figured out that she killed Cameron, he was going to return her back to her sister. We don't want any part of you. And that Morgan would go along with that. You are a killer. You killed somebody because he caught you and found, you know, found out how you were sneaking out of Lawton. Uh, she was scared. She didn't do the right thing. Uh, just like Charlie did not do the right thing. And we saw a little bit of foreshadowing when John and Dakota earlier in the episode were talking while John was uh, scavenging the spare parts from the other car. And uh, Dakota's like, what? People kill people in this world. And John is trying to explain to her that, no, that should not be okay. And you got to remember, Dakota grew up in the zombie apocalypse. So for kids growing up in this world, people killing people is a normal thing. It's nothing bad, nothing, you know, to feel bad about, to be ashamed of. And, you know, we got a little bit of foreshadowing in that when those two were talking and John was trying to tell her, if it doesn't matter if a person dies, the what doesn't matter while they're still alive? What does their life mean when they are still taking breath? So that was a big scene right there. Uh, Philip Wright still can't believe she shot him point blank. Yeah, I, I, I did not see that coming. Philip also writes, sad to see John wash up on shore. Of course, June is the one that found him. Lisa on Facebook writes, will June be able to forgive Dakota like Alicia did Charlie? If Alicia can forgive Charlie... And we all know that was a great episode that those two spent in that house during the storm where Alicia really wanted to kill Charlie. And Charlie was just following her around. She didn't know how to communicate her guilt or any of that. That was a great episode. How is June going to handle this? I think June is going to have a moment of reckoning. I think she's, yeah, she's going to blame Dakota, obviously, but I think she's going to blame herself. She's going to blame herself a lot more. John was really begging her to leave with him. And she didn't do this intentionally, but she ignored him. She didn't do it intentionally. She was just too wrapped up and excited about and believing the fact that Virginia was going to build her a hospital. And she was so wrapped up into that, she wasn't listening to what her husband was telling her. He was telling her, I, I'm not going to make it. 
you know, and she wasn't taking him seriously. You know, she did not take him seriously. So I think she's going to blame herself probably a lot more than she's going to blame Dakota. What the relationship between June and Dakota is going to be, I don't know. Those two have not, I don't think they've interacted at all on the show. So it's not like they were buddy-buddy and now they're going to be at odds with each other. In fact, I don't remember a scene. I don't think those two have shared a scene yet. So, you know, June's real first impression of Dakota is going to be, you're the one that killed my husband. It's a different take on that. Alicia knew Charlie uh, before she shot Nick. Uh, Nick was the one that was really trying to help Charlie out. Uh, when the, you know, the scavengers had the uh, stadium surrounded. Uh, but, you know, Alicia did know how much Nick cared about Charlie. And I think that played a factor into Alicia forgiving Charlie uh, because I think she believes that that's what Nick would have wanted. Totally different story when it comes to... Uh, june and dakota and how it's gonna unfold we just gotta wait and find out uh gian is with us uh on youtube as well uh colette writes i was shocked at nick's death yeah that's another one we didn't see coming uh khaleesi writes uh yep alicia forgave and now they're like sisters stone walker says dakota needs to meet carol they need to take a walk in the flowers that's awesome, Stonewalker. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I would not put Dakota in the same class as Lizzie. Uh, you know, Lizzie just was definitely not right in the head. Uh, you know, uh, I would not put Dakota in the same category as Lizzie, who, of course, is uh, look at the flowers girl that Carol shot. But that's a, that's a funny comment. Dakota needs to meet Carol and then they need to take a walk to meet the flowers. So, uh, anyway, welcome to all our people on uh, Instagram. Thank you for joining us tonight. So, obviously, lots of reviews on last night's episode. A lot of them. Let's go over some of them and see what they have to say. And, of course, we'll throw in our own comments as well. So this is from uh, TV Line. Fear the Walking Dead mid-season premiere re recap. Rest in peace. Of course, this has spoilers. Was irony ever crueler than in Sunday's mid-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead? John spent the bulk of the episode alternating between expressing his death wish and planning his suicide right down to the Scrabble tiles that spelled it out, which said, Goodbye, June. Then, when said when that said wish was granted, albeit not all in the way he or we could have anticipated, he had a change of heart. How did Garrett Dillahunt's sharpshooter go down? Well, read on to find out. If it's trouble you want, I got some for you. A couple of weeks after John left June, he bumped into Morgan and Dakota at the convenience store from which he still rented VHS tapes. Though the old pals were happy to see one another, 
John refused Morgan's invitation to be part of the utopia that he was building in a dry riverbed. After Virginia walkie-talkie threatening Grace and all of their friends, John also refused Morgan's request to join in the fight against the Rangers. He had, as forementioned, other plans, but at least he would use his pickup to help get Morgan and Dakota past the walkers held back by a barricade on the bridge that was the only way north. It wasn't easy, of course. Sure, after a ranger shot up the first truck before being dispatched by a reluctant John to save Morgan, Dory just happened to have a second truck sitting around. And now uh, we all know just that scene where uh, John takes out the ranger on horseback and he misses on the first shot. We all know what kind of a great shot John is. Yeah, the guy was on horseback, but he was going down a straight path. Do you guys really think he missed him accidentally? Or was it him just not wanting to kill anymore? I mean, we've seen John make some amazing shots. And a guy on horseback going down a straight path in front of him, I find it very hard to believe that he would miss him. But that's debatable. But in needed parts, while he and Dakota went to the cabin next door to scavenge, Morgan found John's telltale tiles and as fast as he could confronted his buddy. I just wanted to be over, John said. Later, after Morgan got truck number two running, he continued trying to, chalk, to talk John out of his suicide mission by showing him the note that he'd been left with him by whomever had saved him following season five's finale. Still, no dice. John was a dead man talking. And of course, we got the answer to the question on who saved Morgan's life. It was not Madison. So, I think after last night, any rumors of Madison, played by Kim Dickens, coming back to the show, it's nil to none. It's not happening. Madison is dead. She's not coming back. It was Dakota who saved Morgan. It was Dakota who stitched him up and left a note for him. Again, did not see that coming at all. And then this article continues, Oh my God, you killed Cameron. By the hardest, the trio managed to get past the walkers, particularly gnarly was that zombie for a while got stuck beneath the spinning tire. Nightmare fuel that. That was an awesome scene. I can't say that enough. Uh, I have never seen anything like it in any zombie movie tv show before it was just pure blood guts and gore that zombie getting stuck under that spinning tire it was awesome i mean i think it was just flat out awesome uh welcome to manuel who's joining us on uh, facebook philip writes kind of figured madison wasn't coming back uh but the truck was worse for wear after Dakota crashed it to shake off a couple of especially clingy walkers before Morgan set off to look for parts. 
He repeats uh, his, uh, dude, you can't kill yourself, argument some more, and gave John a photo of him with his dad that he found in the truck that they had been trying to fix up themselves once upon a time. When even that significant prop did not dissuade John from his plans, Morgan walked Virginia and gave her the location of his friend's cabin to hold a meeting. Now, Morgan said John couldn't go back there and kill himself. Although, technically, couldn't, just, uh, couldn't John just have done the deed right there and then? Yeah. While Morgan was off somewhere, Dakota was grabbed by a walker that wasn't quite dead and stabbed it with him. Aha! The broken knife that had been used to kill Cameron. Yep, she's done it. She admitted to John. Cameron had discovered how she was getting in and out of Lawton and blabbed to Ginny. So the girl had killed him. All the cool kids are... All the cool kids are doing it, she replied, basically. Morgan said, I need a reason to live. Maybe that's you. John decided that having a meaning, taking a hard pass, Dakota shot John in the chest and pushed him into the river below. That was the cold part. Her pulling the trigger? All right. You can say it might have been accidental, even though it wasn't. But after that, she pushed him into the river. That's where it just gets flat out cold. Uh, she remarks, "Doesn't always death does not always have to mean something. Uh, after John floated to the bottom of the river in an especially artistic fashion, he found, what are the odds, the photo of him and his dad, which in turn gave him back the will to live. So he swam back up to the surface, pulled a Leonardo DiCaprio with no Kate Winslet, and went bobbing down the river to safety, I presumed. That's a Titanic, uh, Titanic reference. Having heard the shot, Morgan demanded to know what Dakota had done. She not only told him, she inadvertently revealed that she killed Cameron, too, since she was still holding the telltale knife. But regardless, he was going to take her to his new paradise. She insisted because she was the reason he was alive. All this time, I thought Sherry had patched up Morgan at the gulch after Virginia had shot him, but it had been Dakota. She'd followed her, her sister there, eager to see her go down. Now she screamed at Morgan, You are breathing! because you are the only person left that can end her. Heavy, meanwhile, Ginny arrived at the cabin with June and some rangers. Mid-hissy fit over Morgan being a no-show, the villainess was walkied by her nemesis and told to keep an eye out for John flo floating down river. Help him. Then they would talk. Following that call, Mog Morgan rang Dwight at the new compound and told him to get everybody ready. He might be bringing the war of the rangers to their doorstep. He basically said the fight might be coming to you. And oh, and bring in Sherry, Morgan added. They were gonna need the, all the firepower they can get. 
Finally, June spotted John on the shore, face down, when at last he looked up at her. Crap, he had turned. He reached for her, as walkers are uh, willing to do, and for a last moment, she held her husband's hand before being forced to stab him in the head. There you have it. Uh, there you have it, you know? A nice little summary of yesterday's episode. Uh, let's see. Philip's writing, that's what the governor needed in The Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, he needed a nice knife in the head a long time ago. Uh, Emmy writes, governor was one of my most hated villains in The Walking Dead. Khaleesi writes, I cried like a baby. Ah, the governor. There will never be, I don't think, another villain who's just flat out evil as the governor was on The Walking Dead. I don't think we're ever going to see one again in just pure evilness that he had. So, let's see. Other reviews. Fear the Walking Dead. Showrunners on staging the most heartbreaking ending imaginable. We wanted to break people's hearts, says showrunners Ian Goldberg and Andrew Shambliss. Mission accomplished. At the at the heart of one of the biggest tragedies in Fear the Walking Dead history was a knife. And on Sunday's episode, The Door, when Dakota, played by Zoe Coletti, accidentally revealed the knife to John Dory, showing herself to be the person who murdered Cameron earlier in the season, it changed everything. But while Dakota may have been the one actually holding the knife, it was Fear showrunners Andrew Shambliss and Ian Goldberg who twisted it. They, uh, they are the showrunners, obviously, but they also wrote that episode uh, last night. First, they gave the suicidal Dory a reason to live, as John finally had a purpose in hoping to help Dakota back onto the right path, only to have Dakota then shoot him in the chest and push him off the bridge to his death. Then they show John fighting his way back to the surface, floating off to a seemingly safety. And I really thought that once he fell into the river, went to the bottom, and he picked up that picture and he floated back to the top, that yeah, she shot him. Obviously, if she would have shot him in the heart, he would have been dead within a few seconds, if not sooner. But him still being alive and floating to the surface gave me hope that he might survive this. He didn't. Only to have his wife, June, find him. Much like the way he found her when they first met two seasons ago. And to discover that he was a zombie. It was a brutal, heart-wrenching sequence of events. And one which should have major ramifications moving forward for all the characters. We spoke to Shambliss and Goldberg to get their take on John Dory's death, why they gave him the zombie treatment, whether viewers should hate Dakota, and what's coming up next. Uh, so check out the interview, Ian Goldberg. The question is, okay, you murderous bastards, why did you kill off John Dory? Goldberg responds, well, this has been from the beginning of the season about Morgan trying to put the family back together 
that was ripped apart. And where his family really began was with Morgan and John Dory in season four, right at the premiere of season four. And at that time, Morgan was in a place where he did not want to be with people. He was running away on his own. He did not want to connect with people. And the person who brought him back from all that was John Dory. Dory has always been this incredible point of light, this optimistic, hopeful beacon in the apocalypse. And really, looked. we looked at John Dory and Morgan as the beginnings of this new family. And we knew that there had to be a cost to the war with Virginia and to this family who is on the precipice of coming back together, losing someone that's so much the glue of the heart of that family, putting everyone else in a position where how are they going to move forward now without someone so critical to who they are? They're still fighting Virginia, but now they've got this giant hole of missing John Dory. And it's going to have a huge ripple effect on everyone going forward. So it's a very long way of saving, uh, of saying we love him and the characters love him and that people had to feel it. Now, remember, uh, all the producers said that the second half of season six was going to get a lot darker. And obviously that was proven yesterday. And that was just a premiere. Now, technically, yeah, this was the premiere of the second half of Fear of the Walking Dead. But this was supposed to be the finale of the first half of season six of Fear. But because of COVID, they were not able to finish episode eight. So when uh, filming resumed early in the fall last year, they had to bring everybody back and finish off episode eight. That's why it was not actually the finale. Uh, the actual premiere is going to be next week's episode. Uh, Chambliss's answer was, we talked about what the cost would be of what Virginia was doing to everyone and how they were going to fight back. And it is looking at all the characters in John Dory's orbit and thinking about how they will move forward and what it will do to them. And, ulti and ultimately, it comes down to the fact that we have to remind ourselves we can't be precious about any of these characters. And we have to do what is going to continue to evolve the show and continue to push the show in new directions. Push all the remaining characters in new directions. John Dory is one of our favorite characters he is so much fun to write because he was kind of a beacon of hope in the apocalypse. And he was so specific in his characterization. And Garrett Dillahunt did just such an incredible job of bringing him to life. That it is one of those realizations that you have where you're just like, no, why does this have to be, why does this all have to fall into place this way why does it have to work out this way i think as writers we go through a morning in the same way the characters do and the same ways as hopefully the audience will as well the next question how and when did you come to the decision 
to zombify him because that's something we don't see a whole lot anymore with big characters in the entire Walking Dead universe. Goldberg responded with, There are a few aspects to it. One of the things that Andrew and I realized early on when we made this decision that this was going to be the end for John Dory is we were talking about episode four, season, sorry, season four, episode five, called Laura, and wanting things to end up back at the cabin in the inverse of what happened in that episode, which was Laura slash June washing up on John Dory's shore. And we knew that we wanted that final image to be John Dory washing up on that same shore and June was the one to find him. The other aspect of it was really wanting to feel like even though Dakota shoots John on the bridge, he's mortally wounded, he, we wanted him to fight for life until the very end. And to really put the audience there and feel that even though he's down, he is not out yet. For me, even though he was shot, there was still that hope that he might make it through. He had discovered this new meaning. He finds the photo of his father when he's sinking to the bottom of the river. And it really feels like he's fighting for every last breath that he's got. We wanted to break people's hearts. We wanted to make it feel as though he might, might just be able to come out of this. So when he doesn't, and June is faced with the unthinkable of seeing the person she loves as a walker on the shores of that cabin, it was just, I mean, honestly, it felt like the most heartbreaking ending imaginable for both of those characters. I agree. Also, the other aspect is how is it going to affect June going forward? The way that John died having to put him down the way she did, and then how that impacts her in subsequent episodes, those were all the ingredients for why we ended it the way we did. Next question. When John tells Dakota that helping her may be his reason to live and keep going, does he mean that he does he mean that or was he just trying to say something to keep her from shooting him shambles yeah i think it's a i think a cynic could watch that and say he's just trying to survive but our intention with that moment was really to have dory believe that we really wanted this episode to be an episode of him finding the light again the thing that makes John Dory, John Dory, he starts the episode in the darkest place we have ever seen him. He's thinking about killing himself. And then this is him choosing the opposite, choosing life. And the irony is that the person that helps him do it is who we learn is the person who is at the root of all the darkness that's been at the heart of this season. But for John Dory, that's the challenge that he thinks will keep him going. So he really does mean what he says. And the interesting thing is Dakota, this impressionable young woman, just doesn't believe it. She doesn't believe that someone could be that selfless. 
and she's lived in a very different world. She's come of age in the apocalypse, and she has seen what her sister has done to create the world her sister has created, and it just doesn't compute for her. So in her mind, the only way she can really ensure her own survival is to kill him, despite his offer. So you, the next question is, so you know everyone watching is just going to be hating Dakota right now. I mean, I don't hate her. I don't hate her. I, I, I really get why she did it. I don't agree with it, but I understand why the character did it. Uh, the question continues, I mean, she not only shoots him, maybe a panic move there, but she pushes him off the bridge. Is that hate everyone is feeling right now justified? Goldberg, I think we could certainly understand why people would hate her because the audience and we as writers love Dory. And it is horrible to see that happen to him in such a brutal way. But I think the flip side of it, we will be exploring this more. Is she a product of Virginia? She's grown up with Virginia as essentially a role model. The only family she has known. And we've seen Virginia can be really brutal in the way that she deals with people and the way that she maintains her, uh, uh, sorry, fiefdom. And I think that where you can be empathetic or at least uh, sympathetic to Dakota is when you grow up with that as your role model, it twists your circuits a bit and it twists your worldview of how you're supposed to treat people and what life and death and killing and murder actually mean. And so I think she's a bit of a victim herself of her upbringing, of her upbringing and her circumstances. And so that's where while you can hate the action and hate what she has done, we hope that people will move on at some level at least and understand where it comes from. The next question goes, I know you shot the majority of this episode before COVID shut down filming. Which parts did you film after the pandemic break? Shambla says, we had shot the bulk of the episode before the pandemic, including the action on the bridge. I mean, that action with all the walkers, we would not have been able to shoot now just because we'd never be able to get that many extras and stunt people so close together. The pieces that we had not finished were ultimately John Dory's death, the final moments when he washed up on shore at the cabin, all the scenes in the cabin with June and Virginia. Okay, so put yourself in Garrett Dillahunt's position. You're pretty much done filming your last episode then shooting production gets completely shut down and he had to wait from march i believe they started shooting again in october so you know that's what april may june july august you know that's a good six plus months that garrett dillahunt had to wait to finish his very last episode on fear the walking dead anyway his answer continues so even when we were assessing when we shut down how much we'd be able to air, 
we were looking at this episode and we had uh, a cut of it that was really good and we were really excited about, except it was just missing that key piece. And we did actually turn around with the idea of like, could we have it as a cliffhanger? But it just felt like wanted, we wanted it to be a complete whole. And just a little note for you guys. If, they, if it was aired the way how it was scheduled to be aired and the episode we saw yesterday was actually the mid-season finale and they were playing with the idea of, living, of leaving it as a cliffhanger, we would have had to wait a lot of months just to find out if John Dory is still alive or dead. That did not work out that well for the Walking Dead season six finale. And I think, you know, Ian and Andrew took a lesson from that. They don't say it, obviously, but they ended, of course, season six of The Walking Dead with Negan, everybody on their knees, Negan deciding which one he's going to take out. We see him bashing an unknown person, and we had to wait eight months to find out who uh, Negan took out. The audience did not react very well to that. So I think that played a big role for them saying, you know what, leaving this on a cliffhanger, you know, for three, four months to wait and let the people find out if John Dory is dead or alive is probably not the best idea. We are in the middle of this amazing season. Let's not screw it up. And I applaud them. I think they made the absolute right decision. I uh, want to welcome Brennan, who is with us on Instagram. Caleb is also with us. Welcome to you guys. Uh, Colette on Facebook writes, they have done great to give us what they have under the circumstances. Lisa on Facebook writes, glad they did not leave it as a cliffhanger. So am I. Lisa also writes, I'd really love to see the true dynamics between Ginny and Dakota. There's more to that relationship than we have seen. I agree. Uh, when we see those two together, it's mostly Virginia doing all the talking. And whatever Virginia tells Dakota to do, at least at face value, she does. And then she does what she wants to do behind her back. She's a teenager on the show. So not unlike what a parent-teenager relationship is like in real life. Trust me, I know. I've got three of them. <laughs> anyway, so the, la the, the last question goes, okay, each of you give us a quick tease for what's coming up next. Goldberg says we have been building towards a confrontation with Morgan and Virginia since the premiere. And this episode, we're finally going to deliver on it. Uh, Shambler says we'll return to an important location that we saw in the premiere, but it will be in circumstances that are kind of flipped on their heads. So what do you make of that? A location that we saw in the premiere. Now, for me, let's go back to the season six premiere. We saw the water tower uh, that uh, Morgan was hiding in. That was knocked over. That's not around anymore. We got to meet Isaac and lost Isaac, played by uh, Michael Abbott Jr. in that first episode. 
He saved Morgan's life. He patched him up. Morgan was on the brink of dying. He brought him back to that dam. Uh, Isaac got to see the delivery of his baby. And then he passed away while Morgan was passed out. So the dam is the only location that I can think of right now. Uh, C.C. Weezy writes the Gulch. We did not see the Gulch in the premiere unless it was a flashback. I don't think we saw the Gulch in the season premiere of season six. I could be wrong, but I'm not remembering it. Uh, so more than likely, it's probably going to be the dam. Uh, Brennan, Brennan says, yep, so many questions I have on this season. Uh, also very confused also. Uh, well, ask away if you have any questions, Brennan. We'll see what we can all do to help answer them. Now, I'm not saying we all have the answers because we still have seven episodes left to go in the in this season six. And I, I mean, I have obviously not seen these episodes, but I think it's going to be a wild, wild ride for the remaining seven. No, sorry, eight episodes. We have eight episodes left of Fear the Walking Dead. It's going to be a wild ride all the way to the end. And... Uh, you know, what I want to see is, of course, what's ultimately going to happen to Virginia. Uh, I know our executive producer, who's my brother, says he thinks that Virginia is going to survive. I personally don't see Virginia surviving. I don't see Virginia being another Negan. I don't see her as redeemable, uh, even though Negan did a lot more worse things than what we've seen Virginia do so far. I think when the uh, Pioneer storyline ends, I think we're going to see the end of Virginia as well. The questions I have are, what's going to happen to Dakota? Does Dakota get to live on after the Pioneer story ends? Uh, are we going to lose any other major characters before the season ends? Uh... You know, we still have a lot to explore. What's going to happen to Grace uh, and the baby? Remember, this is they've all said the, the remaining episodes are going to be very, very dark. Uh, is Grace going to successfully deliver her baby? Uh, is she going to die a childbirth? A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Uh, Khaleesi writes, and who the new villains are. One of the biggest questions out there. We still do not have any idea uh, who these spray paint people are. We did not see them at all in this premiere. Uh, but trust me, they're, they're still there. You know, the people that have been going around spray painting that the end is the beginning. That's the group that we assumed whoever is leading them might have been the one that patched Morgan up. And that was where the whole Madison rumors were coming in. Uh, like I said, I think that's pretty much been, you know, that theory has been blown to pieces. I Madison is not coming back to fear the walking dead. Who is leading these people? Uh, and we also have the CRM. The CRM has been very prevalent in fear the walking dead. We did get to hear the CRM on the radio. Al telling them not to land on top of that roof building. Uh, what's Are they going to have any role to play with uh, Virginia? 
are they going to be the ones? Let's say it's a big battle, like in The Walking Dead, All Out War, uh, which had many battles. But let's say it does come down to one big final battle between Morgan, his people, and Virginia and the Pioneers. And I, w- I would not be surprised if the CRM shows up out of nowhere and takes out Virginia's people. Uh, what we have seen from the CRM so far in uh, The World Beyond and Fear of the Walking Dead, if they were to show up, I do not see why they would take out Virginia's people and spare Morgan and his people. You know, especially, you know, Elizabeth, uh, who's the leader of the CRM, uh, at least the leader in the Omaha division, why she would spare Morgan and his people and take out Virginia. So I, I, uh, I don't really see that as a high probability, but who's to say? We don't know if we saw the last of the CRM, at least in season six of Fear. We still got to find out who these spray paint people are. A lot of questions still left to answer. But I can tell you this much, guys. Yesterday's episode of Fear of the Walking Dead was absolutely amazing. Uh, Just built up the anticipation of what we have left to go. We have a good eight episodes left of Fear of the Walking Dead. So if that episode yesterday did not get you all juiced up to see how this season's going to end, I don't know what will. Uh, CC writes, it's a lot of irons in the fire. Khaleesi writes, I will say that the uh, only way Ginny can receive Negan status is if she has Gracie taking out. What do you mean Gracie taking out? I'm not quite, I understand. Uh... But I don't see Virginia. I'm not saying she's irredeemable. I just don't think she's going to choose the path of redemption. Uh, she is, compared to what Negan was in season six, seven, and eight of The Walking Dead, Virginia is way more redeemable now than Negan was back then. Um, ah, you mean killed. Khaleesi writes killed. Well, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I, I do not see... Uh, just like I made the call, a lot of you guys saying you want, you really thought Beta was going to survive the uh, uh, episode 16 of The Walking Dead. I'm like, there's no way Beta survives. There's no story for him moving forward. So he did ultimately die. And for Virginia, depending on how the rest of these episodes go, it's just my personal opinion. A personal opinion, I did not see her making it out of the uh, Pioneer storyline alive. She's going to go down and she's going to go down with him. You know, the person that would be the most obvious one to take her out would be Morgan, without a doubt. It'll come down to a battle between him and uh, Virginia. And let's not forget, Virginia is missing a hand right now. So I don't know what kind of a fight she would have put up. Uh, CC writes, Khaleesi, don't lose another cat in the back scene. <laughs> anyway guys we have run out of time uh i hope you enjoyed this episode as we recapped the uh, mid-season premiere of fear of the walking dead uh if you want to be a part of our live audience you can tune in monday through friday simultaneously as we live stream to youtube instagram facebook twitch and twitter 
Just go on any one of those platforms and search for Dead Talk Live. Please visit our website, deadtalklive.com, to see all our special uh, guests, featured episodes, and so much more. This is the beginning of Season 3. Today is our season premiere of Season 3 of Dead Talk Live. Tomorrow, we have a very special guest. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode tomorrow. We have Laurie Cardiel, who played Sarah on the original Day of the Dead. Sarah, the star of the original 1985 Day of the Dead, is going to be here with us tomorrow night talking about Day of the Dead. So if you're a big horror fan, if you're a big zombie fan, you do not want to miss tomorrow's episode. It's going to be amazing, and we're going to get some real insight into what I call, I consider the third and final of, you know, the three big dead movies from George Romero, which was Night, Dawn, and Day of the Dead. So it's going to be a fantastic interview tomorrow. Please tune in. Stay safe. And until tomorrow night, guys, as always, stay walking. Good night. Mm -hmm.